Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're a startup church we just planted in September 2020. And at the Kalamazoo Church, we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together. And so if you live in the Kalamazoo area, we would love to connect. Be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. Appreciate it, guys. The the technology is not, but there you go. Awesome. So we've been talking about spiritual disciplines as a, as a group. Last week, the essence of really what we talked about was that the point of getting close to God is not to just reach an end, which is good things happen to us. The point of getting close to God is just for the act of getting close to God. And so it's, it's really something that I was sitting with and I appreciate so much. Uh, Ingrid Lay, we were talking about it and really trying to sit with, well, why, why is there then inside of all of us this desire for heaven or this desire for some place that we can go to feel at peace and close with God? If you're, if you're here today, I'd put before you that there's some of that, isn't there? Yeah. This desire to be close, just for there to be no, uh, no hurt, no sorrow, no you fill in the blank. And and what we were sitting with, the reality that I was sitting with is that the reward for spending time with God to grow close to God is you can be closer to God and have more time with God. That's the essence of heaven, isn't it? Right. Yeah. The essence of heaven is to be close with God, to be totally connected to God. And, and that's deep inside of all of us is that desire. And so as you guys are, are thinking about growing close to him, I, I, I challenge us to think uh, in this way. Yeah, Joe, could you hit the next slide? And so basically spiritual disciplines, thanks, bro. I really appreciate this, by the way. <laughs> spiritual disciplines, they're controlled practices with the intention of growing closer to Christ. And then uh, you want to hit the next one again, bro? There's a bunch here and then the next right away. There we go. So we're talking about disciplines of engagement, basically. It's study, it's worship, it's celebration, prayer, confession, and submission. We're going to be talking about all of those over, not today, but over the next couple of weeks. Spencer's going to be talking about prayer. Uh, as a group, we're going to be in house churches in a couple of weeks, and we're going to just do this uh, study on the Bible just in a, in a couple of weeks as well. This is, man, this is God right here. You guys, you guys are doing big time stuff right here. Let's give a round of applause. This, you, you can't write this down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I forget to charge something, and then and then Joe gets to sit in the nice chair. So, you're welcome, Joe. Uh, amen, amen. Uh, we're we're talking today about celebration, celebration, and, and worship. And think about this: when you guys think about discipline, I, I would say that you probably don't think about celebration. When you think about discipline, worship is probably not the first thing that comes to your mind. What are what are some things that come to our mind? Well. Say anything that we actually have to restrict ourselves into doing. Well, maybe studying the Bible really deeply, praying is, is some act of discipline that we think about. Maybe we think about fasting and stuff. But the idea of worshiping God and celebrating, I would put before us, is not something that's at the forefront of our minds. Probably not something that's at the forefront of yours, but it, it certainly wasn't at the forefront of mine. The reality, though, is, is just consider for a moment how much energy it actually takes to celebrate. 
our the hustle and bustle of our lives make it so we're always on to the next and we're always doing something something else right the, the comparison that's deep in our hearts says that if we do something there's always somebody who does something better so we have to strive to do something better and and, and there's no glory in, in just sitting with god and being grateful you want to hit the next slide and then the next one after that thanks john there, there's this quote by uh, uh, a guy named aw tozer he's a He's a Christian writer. He just says, I can safely say on the authority of all that is revealed in the word of God that any man or woman on this earth who is bored and turned off by worship is not ready for heaven. Oh, one, wow. one, one behind. Sorry. Thanks, bro. Any man or woman who is bored and turned off by worship is not ready for heaven. And excuse me, but just a couple of years ago, I would say that I, I fit firmly in the camp of being bored and turned off by worship. And, and I, and I say that, and I was a, I was a Christian. I was following God. I was sharing my faith. But the idea of singing songs to God, the idea of listening to spiritual songs on the radio, that just didn't connect with me at all. And that's not the essence of worship, but that's a lot of it. The idea of putting God in his rightful spot was just not something that I, I, whenever I'd listen to it, I'm like, man, it's kind of gimmicky. But I I don't want to put my hands in the air. I don't want to sway left and right because for, for what? It's just a show. It really matters what I do behind the scenes and, and the people, maybe not in, in this group singing, but the people, if I'm listening to on the radio that are singing, I mean, we don't have to try very hard to see that their lives are, are jacked up a lot of them, right? They're, they're, they're saying one thing and, and self-admittedly, they're, they're doing a total other. There, there's these, uh, this huge mega church and this person says, that, yeah, for about seven years, I was getting paid by the church, but I wouldn't identify as being a Christian. I just showed up and I just sang songs. And, and for me, I... I'm like, why, why worship God in that way then? It's just fake, and I'm just a part of something that's fake if I'm going to do that. The reality, though, is, is now hit the next slide. Worship is, is engaging ourselves with, dwelling upon, and expressing the greatness, beauty, and goodness of God through thought and the use of words, rituals, and symbols. Certainly singing is some of that. And so in my heart, I had to, I had to repent because the reality is that it doesn't make any difference. If I'm worshiping with everybody who's worshiping, and they're worshiping God, and, and, and their lives are messed up, that, does, that has no impact on how I worship God. That has no impact on me connecting with God. Amen? Amen. Today, I, I want to look at the idea of worship. I, I would challenge us to reframe the idea of worship as just being the, the way we can glorify God and put God in his rightful place. Yeah. Okay? Amen. We're going to look at a, a king in the Bible in order to do that, and hopefully, hope to be inspired by it. We're, we're in 2 Kings in verse 22. 2 Kings 22. <laughs> so we're looking at this guy. His name is, his name is Josiah. And he, he became king at a young age. And he became king. And, and honestly, if you can read, he, he really wasn't super... Uh, he didn't, he didn't grow up with much faith. He actually grew up with a pretty jacked up faith. And his, the, his grandpa and his father, they were, they were messed up people. They were, his relatives above him were horrible. And he's made to be king. And we're going to read a little bit about how he decided to worship God in the celebration that ensued with him giving God his whole heart. The, the purpose really is, is for us, again, to connect with God, but to view worship and celebration as a spiritual discipline, that it takes thought and intention in order to do it properly. 
So we're, we're in 2 Kings 22 in, in verse 11. So basically what happens, this book of the law had been lost for about 55 years. And so people were kind of trying to worship God. You can even read, it's in uh, 2 Chronicles 34, I think, that, that Josiah is trying to worship God. He understands God is the one. So he's trying to worship him, but he's doing it in an incomplete way. It's not the proper way. And so then this book is found. This book that has the way to worship God properly is found. And it's, and it's brought before Josiah. He has the opportunity as we all do, whenever we learn that we're doing something wrong, we really have two choices, right? It's to decide to say, okay, I'm going to be humble and accept that what I was doing was wrong and now I can do the right thing. Or it's to say, too bad, that's okay, I'm going to pretend I didn't see that or I didn't hear that or they're just off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For you and I, we're under authority and so in, in some ways if somebody tells us something, we're like, okay, fine, I got to follow it. This guy was a king and he decided that when, when someone above me or when something above me is shown to me, I'm going to have to follow it wholeheartedly. Let's, let's see what happens. It's in 2 Kings 22. It says, when the king heard, in verse 11, when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. Then he told Hilkiah, the religious leader, Ahikem, the son of Shaphan, Akbor, the son of Micaiah, Shaphan, the, the, the writer, and Asiah, the, the king's servant, Go ask the Lord for me and all Judah about the words of the book that has been found. For the Lord is very angry with us because our fathers have not listened to the word of this book. They have not done all that is written for us to do. And they, they, they kept going on. We can, we can go deeper at a, at a different point. The, it, it talks about him and what happens is he tears his clothes. He's distraught when he finds out the way that he was supposed to worship God is not what was happening at all. And it, and it talks about, and it, let's go to, let's go to second Kings 23. Can you hit the next slide? Thanks. Second Kings 23. It, it says in verse four, the King ordered the high priest, the priest next in rank, the doorkeepers to remove the temples, of the of the Lord, all the articles made for Baal and Asherah, all the starry hosts, they burned them. And then it, it keeps going. He took the, in verse 6, he took the Asherah poles from the temple of the Lord. He ground it to powder. He scattered the dust over the graves of the common people. He tore down the quarters of the male shrine prostitutes that were in the temple of the Lord. The quarters where women were did weaving for Asherah. And he goes down. He said he brought all the priests from the towns de and desecrated the high places from Geba to Beersheba, where the people had burned incense. He broke down the gateway at the entrance of the gate of Joshua, the city governor, which was on the left of the city gate. Although the priests of the high places did not serve the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem, they ate unleavened bread with their fellow priests. And it keeps talking. It says he desecrated this other, this other, uh, this other God's place. And it, and it goes on and on. And it is just, you really get the image. If you read it, I don't think you can read it and leave uninspired because Josiah is, has every opportunity to not follow God. He has every opportunity. He is the king. He can decide that whatever I'm doing, I'm just going to continue to do because that's the way I learned it. That's how I grew up. And yet he says, no, the, what, what the Bible says, I'm going to follow it. I'm going to make a point to engage entirely with it. You know, I did a little bit of research. And so as he's cleaning house, just a few of the gods that, that I found this, there, there's the God of Baal. We've probably heard this about this God before. It's, it's, it's kind of the biggest one reviewed by many is like the biggest one. God of fertility, storm, sun, and rain. You'd pray to this God if you wanted good things to happen for you, right? Fertility, so crops, but also fertility as in like, like having children and procreation. Asherah was 
from what I understand, kind of like Baal's uh, female counterpart. She's the goddess she worked closely with him. She's this mother god, and we we would understand this this uh, big idea. We, I mean, excuse me now. There, there's people who worship a mother god still to this day. We have Molech, who's uh, he, he's associated with child sacrifice, and so what would happen is is children would literally be sacrificed to this god, burned alive, and understand now this sounds so foreign to us this sounds outrageous it sounds ridiculous but but hear me now don't don't you and i don't we haven't one haven't we seen it but isn't it in our lives to uh, our, our natural disposition is to not trust god with these things isn't it right our natural disposition hear me now is to not trust god with 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 what what prosperity is going to come of us right the the, the crops coming up. That's our natural disposition, I put before us, is to not trust God with it. Our natural disposition is, is to, to want there to be this equal, especially right now, they want there to be this equal, that if God's a man, there has to be a woman counterpart right with it. There has to be that. It, that's our natural disposition. Our, our natural disposition is in an effort maybe to, especially in America right now, in an effort to make uh, give, give children every uh, voice and whatever is, is really to sacrifice so much of their spirituality and their, their lives just in an effort to, because we think it's the right thing to do. That's our disposition. That's what we're growing up with right now in America and, and I put before us for forever. And there's this, these, other, these other gods, uh, the goddess of war and sexual love and subduer, the fish god. All of these were being worshipped in, in God's place of worship. And, and when Josiah learned about it, he totally knocked it out. I want to ask us, are there, are there gods, maybe we don't call them Baal, Asherah, or Moloch, but are there gods worshiping as you worship right now? Are you, are you in your worship of God, is there, is there any hint of, of someone other than, than Yahweh, big God, that you're worshiping? That's more of a question for you to sit with in the coming week or so. I don't think it's a question that we can answer right now. But I know as I was thinking about it, it, it adds a weight to it. It's so it's so much easier to say, well, I kind of kind of slipped up or I kind of I, I said the wrong thing here. I didn't. Oh, man, you know, I'm owed this. And so I said this back. And it's it's easier to say that the, the more difficult thing to do is to say, well, in that time, I just chose that I wasn't going to worship God with my life. Wow. In that time, I just decided worshiping God was not worthwhile. Worshiping myself or any of the, uh, these other gods was more worthwhile than actually giving glory to God and, and choosing to follow him in that moment. Yeah. Let's, let's go over to, to Romans 12. It's a heavy lesson, so if I drop it in, in different places, I just trust you guys are going to pick it up and, and uh, pick up what I'm putting down. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's heavy enough that I'm going to mess up enough times, and I, I, I trust you guys. That, uh, that, that you'll take it and uh, you're going to make something great of it. Uh, it's, in, it's in Romans 12 in verse 1. I, I hope this adds a little bit of weight as we consider worshiping God. It says in verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen. Amen. Our true and proper worship 
is offering our bodies as living sacrifice. Notice how it doesn't say our true and proper worship is singing amazing songs on Sunday. Our, our, our true and proper worship is, is just talking about God when we get the chance. It's just, it's, no, it says all of our being living for God is doing everything we can to put him in his proper place. That is our true and proper worship. So with that, how are you worshiping God? How did you worship God this last week? the next slide, Joe. I really appreciate it, bro. And so, and so understand that the worship is doing everything we can to put God in his proper place by the words we say and how we live our life. And then celebration is essentially, it's the culmination of this worship time. And again, hear me now, celebration doesn't sound like a discipline, but I'll share in a minute how I really believe it to be true. Um, we're, we, you guys can go back to, to 2 Kings 23. So we're in 2 Kings 23. And it, and it says here, it's, it's a point that, that for you and I might not mean that much, but, but for them I think it meant a bunch. It says, verse 21, the king gave this order to all the people. Celebrate the Passover to the Lord your God as it is written in the book of the covenant, neither in the days of the judges who led Israel nor in the days of the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah had any such Passover been observed. But in the 18th year of King Josiah, this Passover was celebrated to the Lord in Jerusalem. Furthermore, Josiah got rid of the mediums and the, and the spiritists, the household gods, the idols, and all other detestable things seen in Judah and Jerusalem. This he did to fulfill the requirements of the law written in the book of book that Hilkiah the priest had discovered in the temple of the Lord. Neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him who turned to the Lord as he did with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his strength in accordance with all the law of Moses. You know, in America, if, if something like this were to happen, if, if let's just say in some random occurrence that happened that we decided, man, we were doing things the wrong way, we're going to do things the right way now, and we did things the right way, and, and the, this guy, he just decided that he's going to do amazing. What we would do next, probably, is kind of go on with the next. It, we, what we would do next, probably, is not embrace what was actually going on like he did. He said, hey, you got to celebrate this time, the Passover was was a time we're, we're familiar with, but it was a time when it was a celebration, really, and a remembrance that, that God delivered Israelites from their firstborn sons dying. This is the Passover of the the, the angel of death, and so they had to, they they wiped the the lamb blood over their their doors, and and then they were able to pass by. And and all of this, though, this is a celebration of of God. It, it makes a point to celebrate. You can read. And again, as I was doing a little bit of study, so much of the Old Testament is just different moments to celebrate. You can read when big battles are won, what happens? There's great celebration. And, and when different feasts occur, it's, it, these are celebrations and remembrances of what God has done in their lives and what he's continuing to do uh, in, in the lives of those to come. So even 
and, and the idea of celebrating being disciplined, hear me now, I, it didn't connect really until, uh, until yesterday. And so, right? So you guys, you guys now understand the lesson wasn't completed until yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, so as, as many of us were there and many of us know, Kyle's, uh, Kyle Perkins, he is from, um, you know, the suburbs of Chicago. And then he was in Milwaukee with uh, more than a few of us for more than a few years. Really, really great friend of mine. Now he's living in Lansing and he's serving the church over there. His mom was diagnosed with uh, stage four cancer in the beginning of July, and she passed two months later. And, and just yesterday was her, her funeral, and, um, and what they called it was a celebration of life, okay? And so, so hear me now. In what world does it make any sense to, to celebrate in that time? This is a woman, she was, she was 51 years old. Sometimes, excuse me, when there's people who have lived a full life, we might say, you know what, that's a celebration of life. You know, they've lived a full life. They have great grandchildren. You know, they, they've done it. You know what I mean? And, and yet, and maybe they were expecting to go over the course of years, their health deteriorated. She was ultra healthy. She made, she made food and Kyle would eat it. And I'm like, that looks disgusting. You know, because it's like all like organic everything and there's no salt or added preservatives and it just didn't sound good. And, and, and so we, we were, were at this funeral and they kept talking about this is a celebration of life. She left three children behind. She left a grieving, grieving husband behind as well. These children, 25, 21, and, and 16. In what world is that a celebration? Yeah. And what, what I would say is in, in the world that, that we can celebrate that her life was a work, just lived her life as a worship of God. Yeah. Her entire life was, was worship, was a worship of God. And so because of that, we, we, can, we can celebrate her life. We can right. celebrate where yeah. she is at. And that's a discipline. Because yeah. hear me now, the easier thing is, is to sulk. I didn't know, I didn't know Troy. Uh, I, I'd met her a couple of times, but I feel like I knew her just from, from knowing Kyle so well. I just felt, felt like, because yeah. he mentioned her so frequently, I, just, I felt like I knew her. But I was sitting with it, and it just, it just occurred to me that the only way that, that we can actually celebrate that life is if, it's the culmination of the worship that she gave to God throughout her entirety of it. Amen? Yeah, amen. You know, I, I want to be somebody who's, who's good at celebrating. I, I want to be, and my wife helps me out a lot with it, actually. We're, there's actually way more than, uh, there's a lot of things Bianca helps me out with, but uh, celebrating is, is one of them. Uh, so I... Um, it's a little bit of announcement, but what we're going to do is every year, and hold me to this, guys, we're going to make a point to celebrate our, uh, around October, we're just going to make a point to celebrate our inaugural service, the inauguration of the Kalamazoo Church of Christ, okay? And so so sometimes, I don't know, maybe we'll, we'll go on a retreat as a group. I have no idea. Other times, it's just going to be a special service where we try to call people in. I bet you at our five and ten year, uh, some of you guys are already going to be gone at that time. So you guys are going to have to come back, and we're going to celebrate it together. You know what I'm saying? But this upcoming year, to celebrate this one-year anniversary, what we're going to do is we're going to go to the Gall Meadows uh, farm, and we are going to shoot apples. We can pick apples. There's a bunch of fun different games that we're going to be able to play. It's going to be a blast, okay? We got invitations that are being printed. Uh, not, not as we speak, but we got invitations that, that have been ordered uh, that are going to be coming to you guys, and you guys feel free to invite whoever you want. 
This is truly a celebration of the worship that we've spent giving to God over this last year. And so understand that that either a couple of you, you're in a couple of camps, either you've came here and you've lived in Kalamazoo or you're living in Kalamazoo and you came here and you didn't try to join the church, but it just kind of happened. Or, or you decided that you're going to, to join the church and in whatever camp you're in, it's reason to celebrate. It's reason Amen. to celebrate your worship. Amen. Amen. So we're going to do that. You go to the, the next slide. Should be the final slide. So last week we, we gave a challenge uh, and that was to take 20 minutes to write down all of the reasons why you do good things. And I want to I want to pose that same challenge to you if you've not had the opportunity to do it. Uh, if we take 20 minutes, it takes about 20 minutes. You know what I'm saying? To, to write down all of the reasons why you do good things. And then for, for this week, I, I want to challenge us to spend three 15-minute sessions on three different days, so not on the same day. So 45 minutes total, but sp- spread over at least three days, just focusing on worshiping God and putting Him in His rightful place. And maybe you do that through listening to music. Maybe you do that through journaling. Maybe you, you do that through just sitting down and being with God. But however you do it, I want to challenge us with the express purpose to put God in his rightful place in our lives. Amen? Amen. As, we, as we do that, I, I, would, I would say that we're going to be people who just walk around with more joy. We're going to be people who are able to avoid the, the hustle and bustle and the, the next man up mentality that, that we live in. We're going to be those whose lives are attractive, not because we're doing anything special, but just because we're, we're giving God all of the glory. Amen? Right now, what we're going to do is we are going to have an opportunity to worship God with our voices. So we started with just one song. We're going we're gonna to actually sing three more songs. And then there's going to be just an audio song as well for us to, to listen to. And during that time, we're going to take communion. I want to challenge us to give God everything that we've got. The idea of putting God in his rightful place is what I want to present to us. Understand that God is listening right now. And if your heart's there, he's fired up. And so right now, I want to call the, the worship team back up we're going to sing as as you guys see there's different communion cups and as you guys if in the middle of worship you just want to take communion i feel great about that just take communion in the middle of worship amen Amen. awesome love you guys thank you so much for listening to the kalamazoo church of christ podcast if you're in the kalamazoo area we'd love to get connected please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Too busy saving souls.